Kim Schmidt, Executive Editor of Farm Equipment. Welcome to Farm Equipment's Used Equipment Remarketing Roadmaps Podcast. In this episode, host Casey Seymour of Moving Iron LLC and 21st Century Equipment and Aaron Fintel, the Remarketing Specialist at 21st Century, talk about the busy start they've seen to 2020 and the market for one to three-year-old used tractors. Before we head over to their conversation, I wanted to invite you to join us this August 4th through 5th at the Dealership Mind Summit in Omaha, Nebraska. Based on the feedback of past attendees, our Dealer Advisory Board, and the Dealership of the Year alumni group, we're bringing back the focus on used equipment remarketing. Space is limited for this dealers-only event. Register today at dealershipmindsummit.com. If this is your first time listening, you can subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, or TuneIn Radio. By subscribing, you're alerted when each new episode is released. In this episode, Casey and Aaron start things off talking about the market for used one to three-year-old row crop tractors. On the loader tractor side of the market, more customers are looking for that three to five-year-old machine, they say. How's New Year kicking off for you? Good, good. There has been no let-up whatsoever from year-end. In fact, I would say it's even maybe a tick busier. There's yeah. a lot of action going on right now, and it's not one specific category. It's a little bit of everything. Yeah, it's usually kind of feel a little bit of a slowdown of some sort in that first week or two of January, but this year's not been that way. It's really kind of stayed steady, if not gotten busier, and there's a lot of irons in the fire and a lot of guys out kicking tires and sniffing some deals. So there's plenty of activity going on, which kind of leads me to believe that mid-year June, July timeframe when corn price got halfway respectable again. So folks had some money to burn and they got their December contracts delivered. And that's what we're seeing right now is this coming on right now. And folks are out taking advantage of some cash they've got and updates some equipment. As they all should do routinely. <laughs> right on, right? <laughs> I guess which would bring us into a conversation about probably the one machine that gets bought and sold the most, I think, in this industry is just the good old tractor, right? So if you uh, step back and take a look at whether it's a four-wheel drive tractor or row crop tractor, primarily row crop tractor is probably the most prevalent in that, and followed up by probably loader tractors, then I would guess 9Rs for four-wheel drive would probably fall into that third slot down there. Yeah. But I guess as you kind of take a look around, that one two, three-year-old tractor seems to be a fairly popular rig right now with guys updating from a maybe a tractor they've had that's got five or seven or ten years worth of work on it, and they're trying to go from that five to 7,000 hours down to 500 or 1,000 hours. So I guess, what are you seeing out there, Aaron, the folks you're talking with on that one- to three-year-old tractor? That one- to three-year-old, especially the one-year-old, has been red hot. And obviously, that is given current ag economy that's close enough to new for a lot of guys that they're kind of like piss on it. So that's good enough. And it's a lot of savings off of a new one. And we'll just go that route and it'll be perfect. I know for us specifically, we always have such a hell of a good selection of one-year-old stuff. That's just kind of the way it is. And we sell that stuff all over the country. So it's just kind of one of them deals where in that realm, so it happens a lot. I would assume it happens everywhere else to some level, but it's definitely, and I would say that would be pretty much row crop specific. I know we do a lot of loader tractor business too, and that is similar And people do one-year-old stuff there, 
but that market is a different level of hotness because I don't think that everybody's after the one-year-old there so much as, say, three to five. Right. On the loader tractor side of it, I think a lot of those guys are just looking at the functionality of the machine that they're looking for, looking for a specific horsepower range with a specific amount of lift capacity and that kind of stuff. Yep. Well, plus the loader tractor is the thing. And when I say loader tractor, I'm talking like 140, 150 horse loader tractor. Right. Regardless of color, that is like the tractor that bridges the gap for everybody in the country. It's the little auger rig on the big row crop farms. And it's the big tractor for like what I would call a super acreage, a little bigger than an acreage, but not a full bore farm probably. And then you got all the livestock guys, that's their bread and butter. So, and that being the case, I think that's why that's more of a three to five deal because they don't really need that hundred hour rig like that. They're more after the, let's get in there about a thousand or so and let it cheapen up a little bit. And that's kind of where they're at. And a lot of times in ranch country, they're not trading in a 5,000 hour tractor anyway. It's got five digits. <laughs> yeah. 25,000 hours. Yeah, it's, right. It's right. got some hours on it. Yeah, That is for sure. So let's step back, take a look at the next range. If you really dive into that, three-year-old to five-year-old tractor, that is a sweet spot for a lot of folks like you just talked about, whether it's real crop or whether it's four drives or whatever it is. So if you start looking at basically 2013 to 2016 model machine, well, 2014 to 2016, somewhere in that range, that's when you start really starting to see those machines popping up that's got the 1,500-hour row crop rig to 2,500-hour row crop rig, something like that. And that seems to be some guys that are right now, they have a 10-year-old tractor that might have five, six, seven, eight thousand hours on it. And they're saying, I'd love to have 500 hours, but 2,500 hours is going to work for what I got. So talk about what you see in that older kind of first year tier four engine tractor. Yeah, I've actually had quite a few guys. Well, not quite a few, a handful of guys in the last week that have reached out to me to get them a rig exactly like that they're even saying as broad as 1500 to 3500 right and there's a lot of that there and depending on specs i mean you can have a 1500 hour tractor and a 3500 hour tractor the exact same price but there's so much difference in value given specs and whatnot that and that's kind of where those guys are at they're saying i'll look at a 8235r straight axle power shift or I'll look at a 8245R ILS IVT, but way more hours, but I want the fancy shit, and those tractors are almost the same price. So right. there's a lot of that going on in the world right now, and it's all, obviously, it's all price points driven, and it becomes guys more and more are looking at it not just as, well, that specific tractor's too expensive, or that specific tractor is the one I want. It's dollars. It's the investment side of it. Dollars for investment. Right. Yes, I know this tractor's more, but it's still a better buy than that really cheap one because of what it is. Right. Agreed. So, and that's where a little creativity with marketing and finance and that kind of thing jumps in and away you go. So, yeah, absolutely. So the next, 
I would agree with that too. I mean, so you start taking a look at that specific tractor and that's exactly what you're looking for is a guy that wants a, a specific rig on a specific budget, right? Yep. Not to say that other budgets aren't in other places, but there are, there's plenty of opportunity, I guess, for the guy that has that really specific budget of I've got a hundred grand to spend and that's it. I'm not going over it. And I'm not right. going to be a hundred thousand or less on my trade difference. And I'm making something happen. Otherwise I'm just going to keep running what I got. And I think that is what that group of tractors has offered to that guy is that very thing. If you step back and take a look at the next five to seven year old to 10 year old tractors, that's when you start running into everybody's kind of trading in the same thing. That's kind of got the same number of hours on it. That's when you kind of start like the combine deal. That's when you start running into those tractors that have, they all have about five to 7,000 hours on them, 8,000 hours on them. They kind of all have a similar spec because they were kind of bought when everybody had money. And you start kind of running into the same machine with the same number of hours, and that's where you start hitting that glut of machinery. I guess when you start taking oh, yeah. a look at a, like a 10-year-old tractor right now, what's your appetite right now for folks like that? You start looking at 2009, 2008, 2010 model tractor, what's the appetite out there for those machines right now? Well, for those, it's fine. Where the stalemate happens is in the, I'm going to say 11, or I'll say 10 to 14. That one year of the loan year of the first 8R, the second generation of 8R with the filter on it, and then the first year death. That covers those three models in that stretch. What there's getting to be a glut of, and this is the tractor I equate to the 12, 13, 14. Funny how that happens, huh? Combines <laughs> with 15 to 2,000 set is those early 8Rs that have 5,000 hours, 6,000 hours. One owner rig's been greenlighted every year, but they just kept running her and running her because they got that 14. And the day they got that tractor home, corn went down every day for two years and then stayed down, and that's where we're at. <laughs> right. yeah. So, And it's the same thing with the combine. Part of that is just age. Not all of those are obviously, probably less than half are still with the original owner, but it, it's that same scenario. There's just so damn many of them made then, and they're all still out there. They're all getting bought and used, and they're just getting a hell of a lot of hours on them, and they're going to always be there until there's a big change in the egg economy. So, Right. Yeah. No, I kind of echo what you just said there. They're just there. That's kind of what they are. You know what I mean? Right. And they're probably the one spot in the tractor market that I would label as soft. I'd agree with that. I would agree. With that. Everything else tractor-wise is pretty good, but when you get those row crop tractors and that five, I'll even say five to ten years old and over, say four thousand hours, that's a shitty spot. Yeah. You get older than that, fine, run with it. Newer than that, run with it. But it's that little glut that's kind of the shit. Yep, that's right. We'll get back to Casey and Aaron in a moment, but first a quick reminder about the 2020 Dealership Mind Summit. Remarketing managers and top dealership management won't want to miss this two-day intensive on used equipment remarketing. Visit dealershipmindsummit.com today to register. Let's get back to the program now as Casey and Aaron 
talk about whether or not there really is a trend of farmers buying older equipment rather than more modern equipment with the latest technology. So we watch auctions quite a bit, kind of see what's going on there. I've read a couple articles about it and seen some different blog posts and what have you about it. But you start looking at machines like an 8400 or um, 8010 series or some of that stuff, that early 2000 stuff, late 90s stuff. And even if you start getting back into the 80s, they are really starting to show a trend line there where they are uh, getting to be quite valuable to some extent, I guess. I mean, I think the ones that I've watched sell were nominalese as well. I've seen, I think it was an 8400 or something like that that had like 1500 hours on it. Of course, it's going to bring a bunch of money, right? It's that, right, right. It's that odd tractor out there that everybody wants to go get because it's low houred, but you have to worry about the electronics and those kind of things. So, feel like we have a lot of those laying around that even with 5,000 hours on them or 6,000 hours on them. So I guess, what's your thought on those and what do you think? I mean, I think this is kind of a short-lived trend. I think as soon as the market bounces around and people got some money again and want to upgrade their stuff, they're going to look at some five-year-old or newer stuff, I think. But maybe I could be wrong too. But I guess, what's your thoughts on that and where do you see that market going? Yeah, that's what's going to happen. Those are one-offs and oddballs and that kind of thing. you always have that. It could be 20 years from now and somebody will unearth another 2,500 hour 4440 and everybody will lose their mind and pay three times what it was worth new. And that's always going to be there. Right. As far as I don't know that you could even trend line that other than the fact that if you look at it both ways, like you could trend line it from way ridiculous to pretty ridiculous. I think that's all the more variance you get with that, but that's always going to be there. I know you see on social media and stuff, guys, oh man, I wish they still made 4440s and all this kind of shit as they're driving an 8R and you're like, no, you don't. (laughs) You're in the smallest 8R which has 50 more horsepower than that 4430 had, or 4440 had, at three times bigger cab, way right. better ride, all that. Like, no, you don't. <laughs> right. yeah. I saw a guy yesterday, there was a thread going around about people wanting to get back into older machinery. And the one guy said, how did he put that? He said, and, and he's a farmer. He's a pretty good-sized farmer. He says, farmers don't want old shit. He says, they'll bitch about anything. <laughs> he goes, that's just what we like to do. You just bitch yeah. about it. <laughs> Yeah. And I thought, well, that's probably as well said as I've seen anybody say it. Now, I have a hard time believing that there's this rollback trend idea of we have our ISG guys talk about it all the time that all these red lights and buzzers are going off telling you to shut down the machine, but they'll keep pushing just a little bit further, but let the AB line go down and they can't get it reestablished. They'll stop the tractor immediately and they can't function without it. So I'm not saying that there aren't people out there that still go out every day and plant the old fashioned way with markers and those kind of things, but the way tractors ride now and your ability to have more efficiencies and those kind of things, I don't see it being a big trend. I think there could be some guys out there that are looking to save a buck and they're maybe having a backup tractor or something like that. That's an older tractor, but their primary tractor is going to be as much technology as they can afford. And it's going to be the latest model they can afford, I guess is what I should say. And it's the machine that they're going to use day in and day out. Right. Yeah, you look at it from the smaller farm perspective or something like that. Me personally, and I'm a fan of 70s and 80s iron, everybody knows that, but if I was farming quarter, 
just a quarter, I would much rather have a 15,000 hour 8300 over a 9,000 hour 4955. Same horsepower, all that. They'd probably be the same money. I would rather do that just for comfort and features and shit. Yep. And I know I'm not alone in that thought. Why sit in a sound guard cab when you can sit in an 8,000? Exactly. That is exactly right. So what do you think about on like 9Rs, like four-wheel drives, those kind of things? Where do you feel like that sweet spot is on those tractors? Or is it a more featured um, than it is yeah. here in price? Yeah, very, very feature-driven market. There's... Even if you have a smoking deal on a, say, like a 500 horse, smoking, smoking deal, but it's standard pump, 710s, that kind of thing, it's going to be a lot harder to move that than a high feature one that's maybe priced fairly high. So, yeah. It seems like to me anymore in those four wheel drives, if they didn't have a PTO on it, it's even in a weak country where the bareback jack was a pretty standard machine out there. It's your standard base build machine. Those PTOs are starting to be a bigger deal. Just trying to utilize a tractor more, grain cart tractor, that kind of stuff. It just seems like it should almost be like a standard option anymore, it feels like. Yep, that's exactly right. Three-point, on the other hand, is depending on where you're at in the world, the three-point is a, is either a deterrent or a deal-breaker, one of the two, depending on where you're at. Yeah, so three-point is very, very hit or miss. It's either... Oh my God, I can't live without it. Or why in the hell do they even offer that? And there's like no in between with that. Yeah. If you start looking at those roll crop applications where they're using a lot of mounted planters and those kind of things, those seem to be a pretty popular deal. But there's just more and more that are, it's kind of depends on where you're at. On those four wheel drives, what's that sweet spot hour range that you're seeing right now that guys are kind of gravitating towards? I would say it's kind of in that second level of what we talked about with the row crop tractors that 15 to 15 to three okay. and i know that's damn broad range but that's where it seems like you can get the most action and i think that is just because when you look at a high feature four-wheel drive tractor that's under 500 hours that is an expensive damn tractor man of course they're all expensive but they're Four-wheel drives are not the number one rig on very many farms anywhere in the world. So guys are more apt to write a bigger check for the main tractor, the second tractor, than they are their big horse. Their everyday driver type mentality? Right. Yep. 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 There you go. That's true. That is true. One thing you are seeing with, that I've noticed anyway with three-point PTOs is that they are getting to be more and more, this would probably be on the large-scale farmer side of it, they start to get bigger, but demand for doing away with your typical road crop tractor and moving towards that row crop four-wheel drive is starting to, it uh, seems like that's getting to be a bigger deal. Yep. I think there's a podcast about that, as I recall. But no, and that's where, like we were talking about points on four-wheel drives, I would not even worry about it over 500 horse. Back to that original best-selling podcast. Yeah, I would not worry about three point over five hundred horse on a wheel tractor, but under five hundred horse, it's pretty nice to have. Yeah, and on a two track, because we are hashtag team two track here, I would put it on every two track. There's a lot of places in the world where they use that on high horsepower two tracks, and there's not very many of them out there. And when guys want it, 
and you got it, there you go. No, it makes perfect sense. And that's kind of where we see things gravitate towards. So it seems like tracks are getting to be a bigger deal than they were in the past. So there's going to be more machines out there that are going to need to have that spec range that we're looking for, especially when it comes to high flow hydraulics. So that's going to be yep. a bigger, bigger deal too. Yep, absolutely. Well, I feel like we knocked this one in the head, Aaron. If folks want to reach out to you, pick your brain, see what kind of deals you got cooking, what's the best way to do that? Well, you can call me or text me, whatever you want to do, 308-760-1193. Or uh, catch me on the Twitter at Aaron Fintel on there. And a lot of guys do reach out and tell me they listen to the podcast and like what we're doing, and that's pretty badass to hear, so... Keep listening, fellas. Yeah, thanks, <laughs> thanks to all of our, to all the listeners out there that tuned in this thing called our podcast. So appreciate all the listeners we got. Thanks, Casey and Aaron. We've got even more used equipment remarketing resources that we're sending your way. In addition to this podcast, we're also tapping into Casey's expertise across all our informational channels. If you've got a question for Casey, I'd encourage you to head over to farm-equipment.com backslash Ask the Expert. Submit a question and we'll get Casey's answer to it up on our Ask the Expert blog. And don't forget to head over to dealershipmindsummit.com to register for the 2020 Dealership Mind Summit in Omaha. I hope to see you guys there. You can keep up on the latest industry news by registering online to receive our free newsletters. Visit www.farm-equipment.com. For Casey and Aaron, as well as our entire staff here at Farm Equipment, I'm Kim Schmidt. Thanks for listening.